Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. A few words uh, about the practice again this afternoon. So what we're doing uh, on this retreat, and it's actually a typical thing to do on a retreat, is we are um, inviting, uh, inviting us to uh, become aware of uh, different aspects of the human experience. And so we've talked about uh, things of the physical realm, material realm, so the senses, the experiences of uh, the breath, becoming aware, intimate, uh, present, experiencing truly, fully, uh, carefully uh, the breath, the posture, walking, sitting, feels like this right now. So the activities of the body, eating, opening a door, putting on shoes, going upstairs. So, so you see that aspect of the physicality of our experience, the senses, and the embodiment, the body. And we've opened also to mind states, emotions. We talked about the classic obstacle or so-called obstacles of meditation and how to become aware of them, da, doubt and wanting and rejecting and agitation and then other states of mind, difficult emotions, qualities of mind. What is attention, being present, absent, uh, interested, being curious? And we've talked, keeps opening. And we've talked about uh, this morning, Anushka was talking about the feeling tone, this particular aspect of our experience that everything we do experience as a little tone, tonality of either pleasant or unpleasant or very pleasant or very unpleasant or neutral, neither pleasant nor unpleasant. What else have we talked about? keeps opening. So I want to open it a little bit more here and, and invite in the field of our awareness or in the field of our interest also all this, but also uh, thoughts uh, that we think sometimes are in the way of meditation, but maybe they could actually be known. We could be absolutely aware that there is uh, words being said in there, or images appearing, or words being heard, or emitted, or something like this, so that this could become, maybe if we're interested, a field of our uh, interest, of our waking up to what is actually the process of thinking. So I think that last year when I was, uh, when we were here, Anushka gave a little teaching about this, maybe some instructions, and maybe I'll be representing you well, maybe not. 
So, <laughs> uh, but I remember having a big hit uh, from uh, the instructions. Like, like uh, I really received a transmission from Anushka. So we were here, and Anushka said, uh, "Let's do a little thinking exercise." So obviously, that's how I remember it. Yeah? So, so, she, and uh, Anushka invited us to think about our shoes on the other side there. And uh, so she said, think about your shoes on the other side there. And so I saw immediately I saw my shoes, you know. And she said something like, this, these are not, this is not your shoes. This is a thought. Are you aware of this? And I was sitting there, I was like, no, this is my shoes. <laughs> and I know, you know, that's the kind of stuff I teach. But it was so interesting to me that I was like, no, no, this is my shoes, I see exactly my shoes, you know? And she's like, this is not your shoes, this is a thought. And <laughs> in my mind, the delusion was like really strong. I was like, no, 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 I know what you mean, but still, this is my shoes. <laughs> and so do you see the delusion? And so we come on retreat to clarify a few things, to go from insanity to sanity. And so one of the ways to become sane is to be actually aware that a thought is a thought. That is a subtlety that might not look like it to you, it might be like the most obvious thing, but actually, you know, when we're caught in our thoughts, you know, we are really there with this being, you know, having this fight about what they could eventually and will never say, and what I will and will never actually answer in the probability of this thing that will never happen if it was to happen, you know, and I feel strongly about it and it's very three-dimensional, my heart is beating, I can't believe you're saying this to me. And here are like some ghost disembodied being having a fight over something that never happened, you know. Is that, is that just a description of my the realms I'm born in during the day. So it's a ghost-like realms that I'm, we're born in, fictions that we uh, buy into, that we get, uh, uh, what would be a word in English, spell, something about spell-bound, spell-fascinated uh, by, absorbed, kidnapped by, yeah? So, uh, so, uh, a big part of the practice is to realize that thinking is happening, period. You know, just, oh, thinking, image produ produ production, producing is happening, uh, generations of the mind, you know, fic fiction. No, you don't know. You know. It's true, you know. And uh, one teacher, sh she says, um, If your problems seems more real than the fact that you're sitting, you have a problem. <laughs> and I think it describes why we came here. You know, because we do have a problem. <laughs> if we say, like, be aware of sitting, you're like, what do you mean? You know, you don't know what's going to happen to me and my relationships and this and that. And you're like, yeah, but you're sitting. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Reality is the last thing in my mind right now. <laughs> You know, because there's so much fiction I need to attend to and engrossed in.
And <laughs> it's good we can laugh about it because most of the time we're pulling our hair out, you know. And so here that's what we do. We realize, oh, actually I'm sitting here. There's a body sitting, you know. Uh, Buddha, as he is, he is uh, represented here, was having a similar experience. So it's uh, like we're in the ballpark of... <laughs> of what's uh, human and what uh, waking up is about. So it seems, or one way to tell the story is that this being, actually this is not the the Buddha, I think this is the Buddha-to-be in a few seconds after. So at that moment, he is um, assaulted by strong emotions and thoughts. Who do you think you are? You think you can clarify reality and clear the heart from the shackles and the confusion who do you think you are you know what do you think you're doing here you know so he's sitting there under the tree and trying to clear the heart from uh, misunderstanding and confusion and thoughts of doubts come to him move out of the way this is not what you should be doing you should be doing something else with your time do you recognize any of this happening to you here? And so what does he do? There's many ways to describe this, but when I see this image, and you see what hap- is happening with the right hand, there's touching the ground here. There's other ways to tell the story, but this is my interpretation of this image, is that he's coming to something really simple. There's touching happening. The rest is made up stories. And in that moment, all the assault of the mind and thoughts turns into flowers in the story. And so it shows how light thoughts are. First they look like weapon and we're assaulted by them and under their, uh, you know, occupied by them. And then on a closer look we might discovered that they're actually very light, ephemeral appearances, uh, mirage-like events. And when we have clarified this in our mind, wow, what a relief, what a relief. About the same time, maybe a few weeks before or after, also last year I was uh, uh, teaching on another retreat and there was uh, another teacher there teaching. So I'm very lucky because I I get exposed to a lot of really high quality teachings. They're very powerful. And so I wanted to hear this colleague teach uh, because I like, I, I want to learn. And so I was sitting like this. It was not Anushka, it was somebody else. And uh, they were giving their teaching. And something had happened uh, just a couple of days before that was in my, on my mind. And I was trying to hear the teaching, but I was kind of assaulted by the thoughts about like, oh my God, this happened. I can't believe this happened. If this happens again, what am I going to do? And I kept going from past to future, and I was trying to be in the present to hear the teaching, but I was like, I want to hear you, but you know. 
and and so I could catch little phrases, sentences here and there. But then I was like, yeah, but I really have to solve this, and I can't believe this could happen again. And uh, and at some point there was a kind of a clearing for just the time of one sentence. I was very lucky, and so <laughs> the the fog, like uh, you know, like there was a yeah little clearing, and uh, uh, Charles, the the teacher who was there, said. Imagine if the past or the future didn't exist, but were just thoughts. What would you be left with? It was so interesting because then, boom, it's like I landed here. Like the idea that the past, he was just suggesting, but it seemed like really wise, to, that the past didn't actually exist. It was only a thought right now. And the future didn't exist. It was only a creation of the mind immediately, you know. And he said, so just consider for a moment, if there was no past and no future, what would you be left with? And suddenly there was here a being that was disturbed. The whole time I was upset with that story, past, future, I had not noticed that Pascal was not well. I was focused on what was... And suddenly I found out, wow, there's a disturbed being here. And compassion was immediately available. <gasps> Pascal, you're not well, you're worried. Oh, wow. Here I could attend to something, but it was hard to attend to the past because it was not there anymore. And to attend to the future, which was inexistent. But I could actually attend to this being, accompany this being here. Wow, this being is disturbed here. I'll go a little further with this, and you tell me, well, it was going to be hard for you <laughs> to tell me, <laughs> but you'll see if it works for you, if, if there's something about this for you. So, this teacher I was talking to is having uh, heart problems, serious heart problems. And we were talking about time together. And I said, are you, are you worried about death? Or con how do you consider death? Or, um, anyway, we had a conversation and, if, and it was really interesting. You were saying like, no, I, I actually, you know, I could, oh my God, you know, like, I don't know how long I have to live. But he said, I have to buy into the notion of time, you know, and I actually don't. And I could think, like it would be really difficult for me to think, oh, back then I used to play football, but now I can hardly walk. If I buy into time, into that conception, it's painful. But actually, I, if I think about the past, I know that I'm creating an image. So there's no, like I'm not comparing, like it doesn't exist to me. There's, if I'm thinking about the past, it's a thought, and I need to attend to the thought. But I don't believe, of the, or if I believed in a timeline, like if my conception of the world is that I'm here at this point in a timeline, and there is the rest of the timeline, and I hope I get to experience the rest of my timeline, it, it does exist, do you understand? And he said, if I create a world where suddenly if I die, I'm cut from my timeline achieving, you know, 
kind of thing. It was so interesting. It was like, I don't actually believe that. I, I'm here, and if there is a thought that arises about later, then it's a thought that I need to attend to right now. Wow. That is far out. That is like not exactly our conception of reality. And so anyway, I spent a few weeks with him and I kept picking his brain about this. It was really interesting to see. It was like, no, there's this here now and the rest would be a thought. And I'm aware of thinking. I know thinking when it happens. I'm not entranced by it. And in this way, it's very, it's extremely light, you know. And still, I can attend to things and things, but I just don't buy into it totally. So, in, so interesting. So, anyway, to me, it shows that there's a lot to explore around how we believe in thoughts. Even the Buddha said uh, something like, I am, I was, I will be. This is uh, conceived ideas, conceived ideas. I will be, will I be, will I not be. These are conceived ideas. Was I, you know? is a conceived idea, was I this or that, you know, is a conceived idea. Conceived ideas are a boil, a dart. That's a big statement. Conceived ideas. So maybe if you want to pay attention to this, notice the thinking process, how much it's uh, in time, kind of time-believing, and how much it's self-relating. We keep talking about Joseph. Uh, Joseph, for a while, worked with, uh, in a kind of a playful way with this kind of being obsessed with the story of self. What will I say when I go back home to this person? And what will they say to moi? And how will I feel, you know? We're, how many thoughts just today about I, this conceived idea, this story told. So Joseph devised a little character, like a kind of cartoonish character. He called him Wasam Will Be. Was, am, will be. And he said anytime he had a, ta- a thought that was like, I will be, what I was, uh, I am, you just say, oh, wasam will be, is here. <laughs> I was, I am, I will be, you know. And just made, put a little humor in the field there. And he said it was amazingly revealing how like every event was measured by a certain I and I of the future, the possible I that could have been, you know etc. And anyway, so that's just like some of the, I don't know, to me it says uh, something about the fact that we're probably going to have to practice for a whole lifetime (laughs) 
to clarify some of these, you know, but that we can actually engage with questioning our thoughts, you know, and discovering that maybe our thoughts are much more ephemeral and light than they are, and that maybe they're creating a world for us that keeps us in trouble and in confusion and in fear, you know. And, uh, yeah, so shall we investigate this in real time? So I'm going to be guiding this a little bit and you'll see if it's helpful for you or not. So having found the posture, we can just maybe become aware that there is a body here. The Buddha compared the body to foam, pointing out to the ephemeral changing nature of that experience. So what is the form of the body right now? How does it manifest through tingling and hardness, or areas of space, or warmth, or tightness? So there is a body breathing, hearing, sensitive. And there is a mood in the mind or qualities there irritation, confusion, or calm. Maybe attention, awareness. Might be spacious in there, or, I don't know, heavy, or agitated, or quiet. Just notice, nothing else to do than this, just becoming aware the inner landscape, we could say. And then, just if we want to, we, can, we could become aware of the next thought that will arise, just to see if we can see it as it is uh, born, appears. Maybe we find some quietness in there. What's in there between thoughts? Maybe just some kind of presence, awareness, availability, openness. Or maybe something else. Try again to become aware of the next thought. Could be words or an image.
you could, if you want, take a few moments to count, add up the thoughts. It's a way not to be totally stuck in the content, but just to become interested in the process. So, count. Thought number one, two, Again, what's between the thoughts in there? Is that is there benevolence or fear present or curiosity alive? If you want, think voluntarily, just to taste what is it like to think. Think if you want, I am, and put your full name there. Does that feel right? Say that or think that a few times if you want. And then drop the family name and keep the sentence going a little bit. I am with your first name. And see what's between the thoughts if you leave a little gap between every time you repeat. won't repeat the sentence again, but drop the first name also, just the two first words, I am. Drop the verb if you want. If you want, drop even the only word left.
and see for the next few minutes if thoughts come, if you don't identify with them or make yourself, make, own them, not identify with them or own them, but just let them appear like sounds, appear and disappear. See if they'll go from uh, sticky to maybe more light. If they don't describe you, or they're just things, little events happening. Even those that seem serious or heavy or important. See what happens if you're aware of them appearing and disappearing. Appearances. Impressions. Mirage.
There's uh, two things that the Buddha seems to have said that um, maybe for me I could say my whole practice, maybe my whole lifetime of exploration will have been around these two. So there's one time where he seems to be saying, wise beings, when they feel the earth element, it's a way to talk about hardness or Yeah, hardness. Like now, do you feel the earth element after 45 minutes of sitting? It would make sense, you would. So he said, wise, wise beings, they, when they feel the earth element, they recognize the earth element. That's it. He said, unwise beings, those who don't know, when they feel the earth element, they recognize the earth element. They recognize hardness as hardness. But they add a little something, unwise being. They add a little something that creates their misery. And what they add is mine, me. So that's a little mistake that unwise being make. They appropriate what belongs to nature. They really believe it's theirs. And so they start fearing losing, you know, and the whole complexity is born. So that's one of the things you said that uh, it's very intriguing for me in terms of coming close to that as I walk and sit. Like, how do I make this mistake? And so somebody, that's the other part here, somebody says to the Buddha at some point, so with this idea of like, I am is a conceived idea and I will be and <coughs> conceived ideas are a boil. Do you still say I? Asking that to the Buddha, which I think is a really good question. Okay, so you say all this about I. Do you still say I? And the Buddha says, yeah, I say I, and the wise beings, they say I, but they know the limit of that language. Like they don't actually totally buy into it, that it's all about them, a certain them or I. Wow. Far out. And Wu Wei Wu says, wow, 99% of our problems is about ourselves and there is none. No wonder we're freaking out. <laughs> Something like this. So it's very interesting, this making personal, you know, appropriating emotions and sensations. I don't want this sensation. There's a kind of invitation there to amazing humility, to give back to nature what belongs to nature. I don't know.
but certainly it's part of these teachings. So clearly we've left, uh, we've departed from stress reduction and entered the spiritual realm here, you know, of even questioning the unquestionable, you know, the absolute I in the middle of the story. Could there be that the body is just breathing and thoughts are being produced because of situations and culture and I don't know. Anyway, they say, don't think about this is going to crack your brain. <laughs> so the only way you can apprehend, if that's the right word, this is through paying close attention to what is formed in the mind, what is conceived, what stories are told, you know, beyond the obsession about next week, you know, but how is there actually a next week here now? You know, maybe not. So, possibility of joining a group or Q&A and the whole community coming back here at four o'clock. Um, okay, so enjoy the walking and whatever else is happening. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.